0: So, I'm a lawyer who is specializing in uh, conveyancing. So, for those that are unfamiliar with the word conveyancing, it's actually for property transactions.
1: coconuts welcome back to season two of coconut avenue a property podcast by the team at the financial coconut and in this season we're sponsored by mortgage master they're a mortgage broker in singapore with access to the lowest unpublished housing loan rates offered by the banks and financial institutions if you're wondering how to make money they make money from referring clients to the banks in other words if you use them you don't need to fork out any service fee so the service is free check out mortgagemaster.com and get your mortgage clarity today before going on your property hunt. My name is Reggie, your Chief Financial Coconut, and I'm glad you're on this journey with me to gain clarity on what does a first-time property buyer have to look out for so that we can be less jittery when going through this process. So we have to talk about rights if we're going to get this right, right? Like, what are buyers' rights protected by the law? And we begin by answering what is conveyancing? Okay, so
0: conveyancing is... Actually, the umbrella term in law, conveyancing law is for us to handle all property transactions. So the conveyance of land, that's where it starts from. So when you transfer land or any property over to someone else, that's the meaning of conveyance.
1: In other words, it is a technical legal word for all property transactions under one roof. But I think what is more important is to understand what does a lawyer do in this process of conveyancing.
0: So understand like um, many of you when you want to buy a property, you are fixed on, okay, I want this property. You head down, maybe you have an agent, maybe you don't. You head down, view the property and then you sign your option to purchase. And then that's when things get interesting because now you need a legal service to come in and assist you to complete this transaction. So for our firm, we do help our clients to simplify the process so that their only worry is to pay the balance purchase price. So that will be at the end when they walk in, they can just have the keys and then they head to their new home. But behind the scenes, actually, the lawyers are doing a lot of work. (laughs) So these are the parts where it's not seen by the common layman. So what we actually do is, say, for example, drafting of all the legal documents. Even for HDB properties, there are a lot of legal documents involved. When you take a loan, we also add for your bank. We also help the bank to disperse the monies. So whatever money that you are taking from the bank, actually have to go through some checks first on the property. Then the bank will decide they can lend you the money.
1: Okay, so we begin the day with uh, jargon combos as with any other legal practitioners. (laughs) One is options to purchase and the other is balance purchase price. What happens when you're interested to buy a property? Generally, you don't purchase everything in full cash. I mean, you're not buying vegetables. (laughs) There are a few steps and this is dependent on the property type and who you're purchasing it from. So the simplest and leanest process so far is when you get a BTO or if you're buying a flat directly from HDB. There are other modes of purchase like sale of balance flats, which essentially is whatever that couldn't be sold through the BTO process. So all the extra flats will go through this other process called sale of balance flats. For either process, all you'll need to do is to pay $10 application fee as you submit to indicate your interest. And once you're lucky enough to find your desired flat and go through this balloting process, you will have to pay, quote-unquote, a booking fee, which ranges from $500 to $2,000. And in exchange, you're given an option to purchase. An option to purchase agreement gives a home buyer the exclusive right to purchase a property within a specific time period for a particular price. In other words, it is an agreement to say that, okay, you have the rights to buy this property within this limited period of time. And for BTOs, you are given 4 months before you are expected to sign the lease agreement. So from the day you make your booking, you get an option to purchase, you have the time to sort out all your mortgages and put together the cash amount needed to pay all the legal fees and taxes associated. And in property terms, all these taxes associated are collectively known as stamp duties. Which brings me to balance purchase price, which is essentially the remaining fees you need to pay that is in excess of your deposits. Because of the permutations of property types, grants, taxes involved, you may have a lump sum payment waiting for you before completing the property transaction and getting your keys. Interesting thing to note is that for all you first-time homeowners buying a flat from HDB through the BTO process, you are very likely eligible for the staggered down payment scheme, where you can pay 5% of the property purchase in cash or CPFOA, First, when you're signing your lease agreement, and then the remaining 5% can be paid in cash or CPFOA when you are actually collecting your keys since the BTO process take a few years for the flats to be built and clearly, the incentive to try to get younger people to get their BTO flats earlier. Do check the eligibility criteria, but the lower hanging fruit is that you must be 30 or younger. At least within a couple, one of you must be 30 or younger, which, you know, spells the end of my (laughs) staggered down payment scheme. Uh, By next year, I'll be 30, sad. (sighs) But moving on, as you can tell, the BTO process is relatively neat. The interesting stuff sets in when you're exploring resale and private properties. Andrew, some chills with TFC, has some questions for Huiyu
2: is it quite a standard process though, whether it's mm. a new launch or it's a resale, I mean, maybe for a resale mm. the terms, you have to look at it, it carefully. It. Yes. But for a new launch, it shouldn't be, be quite standard from my okay. understanding.
0: So yes, the sale and purchase agreement for new launches are actually uh, governed by the rules. So they don't vary much. But what you will see is that there's a lot of special and extras uh, actually added on to each sale. So even though if you see the transaction is almost about the same, there's always this few clauses that come across, there's always special conditions that are tied to each specific transaction. So even for each client who come in, we do have to have a one-on-one meeting, sit down with them, go through with them all their documents and advise them on all the special conditions that come in. Mm. Mm. So even if you are Buying a HDB There are also Special circumstances That are tied to each uh, Purchase Even say for example Maybe their seller Have requested For an extension of stay Maybe the buyer Have uh, applied for a grant We will advise Our clients accordingly
2: Wow Is there a difference Tell us the difference Between you know, being a buyer for HDB new mm-hmm. launch BTO mm-hmm. uh, or private property and condo mm-hmm. or resale Like let's resale. just slowly mm-hmm. segment there. and tell <laughs> okay, me what's the sure. difference between all of them yeah.
0: okay so the very first big difference is what property you are buying obviously mm. Mm. so for HDB and private properties the main difference is that HDB comes into play for HDB properties they are public housing they are subsidised so there is quite a few rules and regulations that you have to abide to one of the most common one that everyone have to abide to is the eligibility to purchase a HDB so you do have to take note of the uh, schemes that HDB have before you purchase a BTO or a resale flat so for BTO yes it's quite uh, standard because the applications are all handled by HDB itself people will come in apply for BTO well if lucky then they get Mm. yeah okay (laughs) then Towards the end, towards the key collection but that's when the lawyers come in. And why the lawyers are required is usually because you are taking a bank loan. So for bank loans, we do have to come in and then help you to disperse the monies, help you to arrange for how much you are using from your CPF as well. Mm, Then we'll advise you on what's the balance you are still paying from your own cash, from your own pocket. Okay,
2: Mm. so what a lawyer does in this case, okay, we're talking about a new launch HDB HDB GTO, right? So you are helping us in the relationship between uh, me, let's say me, I'm the Mm. buyer, and then there's the the bank. Correct. And there's HDB itself, because I'm Mm. buying for HDB. Yes. Earlier on, you mentioned there are some annexes which are different. So Uh,
0: that one is more for private property. That one is more for private. Correct. For HDB, they do have it standard. You know, your HDB all built. It's around the same mm. la <laughs> HGV maybe the facilities a bit different but Still, roughly, HDB rules are all the same. Mm. Mm. For private condominiums, however, that's where the difference comes in. So, for private condominiums, when it's built by private developers, they may have many different rules and regulations on how they want their whole condominium to look. So, the MCST, which will be formed later, will actually have a say say in how these rules and regulations will be. Mm. These are define MCST first? Ah, MCST is actually the Managing Community Strata title. Mm. So this is a community that will be formed with the registered proprietors of this condominium. So when you stay in a condominium, there is the MCST who will take care of the common facilities mm. owned by all the property owners the of pool, this condo. The gym. Yes, the pool, the gym and so on and so forth. Mm. So before this MCST is formed, the developers will actually have their annexures uh, attached to their sale and purchase agreement. They will check in with you on mm, some of the common things that are more practical on the ground is that whether what kind of balcony screen you can put in, if you can install any additional uh, awnings outside of your house, what are the window facets that you can install as well. Oh, mm, so, so these this, are some... these
2: actions are really important then because I cannot anyhow change correct. how mm. the condo looks on the outside, right? Yes, and correct. You know, if I want to resell it, then you. Mm. if I affect the whole look of the condo, then the yes. property developer will not want that to happen. Correct.
0: Okay. Mm. Okay. So those are the rules and regulations for private condominiums. So that's a bit different. So, HDB very standard is uh, they have their roofs, windows, all the same. <laughs> yeah, you can't change it. Is it, it true like?
2: that HDBs all look the same nowadays? <laughs> when I go I mean, to a your... friend's new place, eh? Okay? <laughs> yeah, the okay. video
0: all look the same.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can say that because you're a lawyer. But <laughs> I'm talking an agent now, okay, maybe different
0: story. <laughs> like, I mean, of course, your own renovations, that's how you personalise it. Yeah. That's your internal... Um, so, you right. can personalise it in mm-hmm. afterwards. I understand, um, of understand. Course. <laughs>
1: I know some of you are considering getting a resale flat rather than a BTO. I mean, with the recent delay, many want to get their flats earlier. So resale has become increasingly viable option. And in this case, you now do not just deal with HDB directly, but you're transacting with another person. So how is the resale process different from everything we've discussed so far, especially since there's an idea of extension of stay, where the seller wants to stay a little longer to get themselves a place since they already sold you their home. So this is also part of the right. So what is this?
0: So for HDB Resale, your option to purchase is also standardised. You do have to go to HDB website and then download the exact HDB option to purchase. They will give you a serial number that's tied to you and you have to get this approved by HDB. So that's how it's actually different from private. So from private condominiums, right, uh, you do need the lawyer involved because each option to purchase, although nowadays there's standard templates, but the agreement between buyer and seller is more, uh, you can agree on different items, different terms. So, for example, extension of stay, HDB only allows for three months. So, Mm. extension of stay comes in when your legal completion is on a certain date. For example, tomorrow, you are completing the sale of purchase of your property. However, the sellers have yet to find a place to move to. So the sellers say, uh, okay, can you please give me maybe another three more months to okay. stay in before I can move to my new place. Mm. So even though you have paid the monies over, you are the legal owner, your sellers who are supposed to move out will stay on for another three months. Mm. Mm. So for HDB, it's standardized uh, only three months. They can't go longer than three months. Whereas for private property, you can uh, do as and when you wish so you can just agree accordingly you can even charge a rental amount
2: oh it can be stated Mm. in a contract
0: yes so this can be stated in a contract you can negotiate with the seller and then you can get the lawyer to come in and then draft the letters to actually confirm it in writing Mm. so there's more freedom in negotiating for private properties in this sense
1: Private property does sound like a wild, wild west eh? with all the permutations involved. Seeking legal advice in the early stages of exploring does seem important. I would probably not sign an agreement without getting it vetted. I mean once you sign your legal advisor can only really tell you what is within the contract rather than give you clarity before signing anything. And in the chills episode between Andrew and Hui, Yu, they even went on to talk about a tree, okay? Right? <laughs> so yes that, that is a whole different problem when it, when you're looking at landed property okay which I believe I am presuming all you millennials listening you know uh, that is not a discussion for today another important thing to note is that by law you transact a property in vacant possession. Meaning you get the property in the rawest form, with the fixtures intact but no furnitures. Of course, you can negotiate with the seller for the furnitures and that's a different arrangement not covered by the law. I mean, if you want a seller's bed or the Wi-Fi system or the Hi-Fi system, yeah, you can discuss with them to buy the second hand. What is the difference then between fixtures and furnitures? Let's start with the tree story I thought it was pretty interesting.
0: So, when you buy the property with vacant possession, it means as it comes, mm. uh, you have all the fixtures in the property. Mm. Any furniture in the property should usually be removed.
2: Okay, so uh, vacant, yes. uh, the definition is like it's, it's all empty, it's right? Empty. But so, in this case, it means mm, the fixtures are, are, have to be there, of course. Mm, correct. the seller could remove all the, the furniture. Correct. Okay.
0: Mm, yes. So this is also subject to agreement. I mean, the starting point, there's always a starting legal point, mm. but it's always, say, subject to your agreement. So for this tree, actually legally, it should be recognised as a fixture because it's grown into your ground. So that's a fixture. It's not oh. something that's easily removable. Okay. But after that, she clarified and said, no, no, it's not. In the ground is in the pot Ah. So that's when It's a very okay, minute okay. difference But it's a difference So okay. if it's in a pot Then yes The seller have the obligation To remove it from the property
2: Oh this client could become uh. a lawyer <laughs> she got potential <laughs> like she, yeah. She's trying to understand The definitions and Yes and Correct like, mm, Trying to protect her rights as well mm, Correct sure that she, she gets What she wants mm. At the end of the transaction Yes Okay
0: mm, so, so our job as lawyers Is to make sure When at the end of the transaction You are getting what you want But in the meantime Because we are always A uh, standing by the line of the law, you are underground. So how we advise you is, okay, so underground, you see this, you see the tree there, this is your legal rights to it, this is what you can do, what you can tell the seller to do as well.
2: Okay, okay. That's more of an interesting story. Do you have horror stories? (laughs) That you have to resolve for your clients? Ah, Really difficult cases. So
0: disputes between clients. Mm -hmm. Mm, Usually this comes in also same concept here is, Usually for clients, what they see is when they go into the house, they see something that uh, comes as an unpleasant shock to them. So one case that happened was that uh, when the client went in, they actually saw that the countertop was removed.
2: So that's a fixture, right? Yes. Countertop so see, fixture, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: so the definition is, uh, the difference is very minute, mm. but it is there. So any countertops, any uh, kitchen cabinet, for example, those are considered fixtures. Whereas if it's a table, A standalone table For example Your dining table That's not built in That's a furniture So that one If the seller removes it Then it's fine But in this case It was a countertop (laughs) Yeah So Buyer went in And got a shock
2: Right So your your client The buyer in this case (laughs) Yes uh, The buyer needs to Fight for his the rice.
1: Rice, Yes. To get so, back the
0: countertop. Yes, Okay. So, because when they sold the property, it actually comes
1: with this. So, yes, to all you coconuts making a decision of a property based on a countertop, huh? please make sure you take a lot of photos to protect your case when disputing for that countertop. But on a more serious note, Huere has an advice for all you resale buyers.
0: Ah, Okay, so this is uh, something the buyers can consider. So uh, when you first go and view the property, uh, the option to purchase sometimes will say that there's an inventory list. Mm. Mm, So you can consider having this inventory list being annexed to the option to purchase so that this will help you in the future when there's any disputes. Mm.
2: Mm. Uh, We also have this inventory list for new launches.
0: Uh, new launches usually comes with the sale and purchase agreement Eventually, mm. uh, sometimes, yes, new launches may come with uh, Say, washing machine or say, uh, maybe a built-in oven Yeah, so all these specifications will actually be in the sale and purchase agreement They will actually even specify the type of flooring that will be provided The type of finishing that will be provided All these is in your sale and purchase agreement
1: Actually, even for the HDB BTOs, they do provide a basic fixtures build-up under the Optional Components Scheme, aka OCS. eh? Not not that OCS. eh? Optional Components Scheme. And in this scheme, you can pay a nominal sum to get your floor finishes and sanitary fixtures done up by HDB. In other words, they will lay the tiles, they will build the doors and they will sort out your toilet, right? So to make sure that it's easy for you to move in. And this will cost you an additional six dollars to $9,000 depending on your property type. And this will be on top of your property purchase price. And most of my friends say that this is much cheaper than what you can get from interior design firms out there. Economies of scale, people. When HDB built everything, it's always cheaper that way. But rule of thumb is when you move in, when you collect your keys, you should check, take a photo, and do all that. If any discrepancy, you should immediately report. Don't wait. On top of that, I have an idea for all of you, okay? If you're thinking and you're on the fence of whether you want to opt in to OCS, I mean, optional component scheme. (laughs) If it was me, I will do it. I will get them to laminate the floor, sort out the tiling, sort out the toilet. And for me, I'm a big fan of parquet floor. Like the wooden floor, you know, that vibes the wooden floor. (laughs) And these days, it's very cheap to just laminate the tiles. So you opt in for this and then you laminate a very, very thin layer of wood on top of it to get the vibes. And when you want to sell it, you can just remove it if someone just wants the towels, right? So that is my plan. Eventually, that's what I will do. So that's a quick coconut tip for all of you listening. Don't say I never say. <laughs> And I think we've covered quite a lot today with two main ideas. The first one is this idea of option to purchase and the final transaction process. Truth is, there are many websites out there that cover this in detail too. And I know written format sometimes is a little bit more useful for this. So do check them out. It's very widely covered. If you want more clarity on this process, please come to the Financial Coconut Telegram group and we can continue this discussion there. the other idea here is that all property transactions are done in vacant possession. Of course, there's a difference between what is a fixture and what is a furniture and we've discussed that. You get to keep the fixtures, you don't get to keep the furniture. But if you want, of course you can negotiate. And I believe that these are the two biggest concerns that most of us have. I hope Hui has given you more clarity on your legal rights and the process involved. If you want to hear more from her, do check out Chills with TFC on our main podcast. We continue the discussion with her about seller's rights. And also expand the discussion on private property. Don't worry, coconuts, don't worry. If you are looking to get a condo right from the start, we got you covered in this season. Huh? Our producer Ernie has convinced his brother-in-law, yes, limited budget, and huh? we got to get all the families involved huh? on the show to share his story, but that's for later in the podcast. In the next episode, I'm going to further this discussion on HDB resale and more importantly, a self-service process for HDB resale. We got someone on the show that went through this whole process on his own. He and his wife went on shopping every weekend, (laughs) and he is coming on to share with us how he did it, the whole process with no agent. See ya next week.